Pigweed here. Today we review a Hefeweizen and discuss hell. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill. Good evening, Crow Hill. Good evening, Pigweed. What's on your mind? Oh, I had this this troubling dream. I, I was back in this job. It was kind of like a job I had in high school. Right. I, was, I was running this this restaurant that was sort of like a like an all you can eat buffet thing, mm-hmm. but it it was just everything was so boring. It was like there wasn't any excitement. The 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 food you was bland. That, you figure that a dream should at least have some fun in yeah, it. Yeah, no? yeah. The the food was bland. The people were bland. Nobody was talking. It was just it was just like you're just bored. It was bored as hell. Bored as hell. Yes. It was, <laughs> yes. It was. It was very much like sort of the Greek conception of hell, where nothing is really going on. And I felt like I felt I sort of felt like I'm Hades, you know, because <laughs> yeah. I was the manager. I'm in charge. I'm in charge of this just boring nothing 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 is happening the food is 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 not horrible but it's just like bland right. no, no no it spark. wasn't particularly hot and you weren't tormented right. or anything no torturing no, no going on no music it's just just everything is okay this is intolerably dull yes well that's interesting that that uh, that is the the origins of the afterlife we're more like that than what than what we think of as well in uh, certain cultures, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. In in Greek and apparently Egyptian mythology is just it's just kind of nothing going on. All right. Well, what's going on inside that glass? Yeah. Okay. We've so it's starting to get to be summertime. So we've got a hefeweizen from sixteen twenty three Broom, which is up in uh, Eldersburg, yep. near where one of the junior Crowhills live, and this is a five point six percent wheat. It's a hefeweizen is a wheat beer, which means it's not all wheat. It's like mm-hmm. probably half malt, half barley malt, half wheat malt. And usually you get, uh, it's cloudy, and usually you get estuary, uh, banana kind of flavors, that sort of thing. Right. And they have a Right, so the banana and clovey uh, flavors don't come from weird additions of any kind. Usually it just hops. comes from the yeast. Just, yeah. just the specific yeasts. And you typically get this kind of white, lacy sort of a head to it as well, which I'm definitely getting here. That's mm. a heffy all day. Mm. Yep, that's exactly what I think of as right, a heffy. Yeah, that's right down the right down the style guy. Right down the middle. That's that's delightful. That's a very nice summery uh, summery beer. You gotta like you gotta like those kind of bold flavors. Uh, but it's it's nice, kind of kind of crisp summery beer. Good job there, sixteen twenty three. Yeah, it's a good place. You know, we ought to go out there sometime. They've got a lovely uh, facility there. Good, it's a good outdoor seating. Good outdoor stuff. seating, good indoor seating. It's just a very nice place. All right. Okay. I mean, field trip. Yep, field trip. All right, so hell. What are we talking about hell for? Well, it's not as clear cut as you think. You th- you think of, all right, people uh, die. Mm-hmm. They're judged. They're going to go to heaven. They're going to go to hell. And hell is fiery. Satan lives there. He's the CEO. And uh, it's terrible, and you're, you're tormented for the rest of your life, and it's clearly written right there in the Bible, so there's no <laughs> doubts about it. Right. Except, no, that's true. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of these things, there's this concept of progressive revelation, where something is, starts off 
you know, not very, not very clear. Mm-hmm. And then it gets built upon and built upon and built upon. So a lot of the things that we think of as hell are, are somewhat clear in the book of Revelation, right. but they're certainly not clear. Yeah, right. But if it, but you know, in the year 10, you ask somebody, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. what's hell like? And what, what can you tell me about Satan? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. It well, is. a lot of Jews don't believe in hell. Yeah. Because the Old Testament is really not clear about it. No. The main word that gets translated as hell, like in the King James Bible, is sheol, which just sort of means the grave or the yeah. pit or the underworld. I mean, it, it might mean the netherworld. It might refer... There are a couple places where maybe it seems to refer to this weird underground place where people go after they die. Right. But there, there are passages about don't take my hair, you know, gray hairs down to Sheol. Well, does that just mean the grave or does that mean... Yeah, yeah. right? Into the dirt or all the way down into, right, into the some place. other world, yeah. which uh, at this point, so they... I think it's important. The Hellenistic influence... Mm-hmm. We're, we're talking about 300 BC, I think, as when Alexander came through. Right. And so... There are new ideas being introduced. So uh, Hades would be one. I would say, in in broad terms, a sort of a platonic dualism uh, that probably wasn't that was much more prominent in in Greece than in Judea, where you know, but the mind body, uh, the body soul. Yeah. Right. There's not a lot of talk about body soul. In... Christ- Christianity definitely imports a lot of. Greek kind of ideas. I mean, the New Testament was written in Greek, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so you ha- you obviously have this very different set of kind of worldviews and assumptions that yeah. get brought into Christianity that weren't necessarily all that no, clear no. In, in the Hebrew Bible. So you, you have, like, for example, you know, Satan, the Garden of Eden, and Adam and Eve, and the tree, and the, all that. Right. Um, the serpent is, you know... We think of the serpent as Satan, because this, the book of Revelation in the New Testament <laughs> says that's Satan, but it's not at all clear yeah, in right. the Old Testament for, that that's for Satan. For a thousand years, nobody it's just, It's really just the serpent, it. you know. And and so, back to your, your boring restaurant, uh, yeah, Hades was just kind of glum. It was just kind of gray and dusty and people shuffling around, <laughs> bored out of their minds. Yeah, there's right? no real is clear. It, is it, is there, is there, you're not sent there to punish to be punished for what you did on Earth. That's just where everybody goes. It's not that great. Yeah. So the even in the Old Testament, if you look in the Hebrew Bible, sorry, if I say Old Testament, I just mean the Hebrew Bible. If you're offended by that, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, but, yeah, we'll just bounce back. And yeah, forth exactly. So, um, how about Torah? Is that the same? No, no, that's just the first five books. Oh, gosh, yes. sorry, no, Tanakh we'll would be the whole Torah. thing. But anyway. You know, the Sheol, if you try to study the word Sheol in the Hebrew Bible, it just seems like this kind of maybe a watery place. Maybe it's underground. You know, it just might just refer to the grave. It's not really very clear what it's referring right. to. Right. So, so in terms of retrofitting the, the, the Satan onto, uh, onto the snake, mm-hmm. the serpent, some people say that the next big appearance is Job. So, uh, which is what? Give me a well, there is there is another this. appearance between there that I want to get into. You want to you want, want to do that first? Yeah, let's, let's go in order. Go ahead. Okay, so let's let's go to get to the flood. Yeah, uh, because one of the things you think of about the devil is the fallen angels, right? And when you typically think of Satan's rebellion, and you know, a third of the angels fell with him, and that's sort of, which is once again. Not really explicit until the book of Revelation, if, if anything <laughs> yeah. is explicit in the book of Revelation. So <laughs> yeah, you have, you have um, 
Satan's rebellion, which seems to have happened, you know, before the creation, Satan rebels, a third of the angels fall. But then you have this weird passage in Genesis chapter 6 about the flood, where it talks about the sons of God going into the daughters of men. And the Nephilim were in the in the or, ah, remember yes. that passage Nephilim, yeah. uh, right which the giants also and, shows up in Book of Enoch right yes exactly so right. so that's what I wanted to get to because there's also this other apparent fall of the angels which is see in the in the Bible it's not at all clear <laughs> that's what it's it's very cryptic it's a short passage right. and people debate whether whether sons of God refers to angels or whether sons of God just refers to the godly line versus the ungodly line of humans. Okay. Yeah, okay. So there's different interpretations, but the book of Enoch is pretty doggone clear. All right. The book of Enoch, by the way, is not in the Bible. It's another book. And it but, says... But it's something that people would be pretty familiar with. Yes. People, it, people were so familiar with it that the book of Jude, which is the second to last book in the New Testament, quotes the book of Enoch. Okay. okay? I read a lot of the book of Enoch a couple of days ago and... It's very clear that it's angels who are having sex with women, and the the Nephilim, their children, are these huge giants. Okay, <laughs> so we're not reading the uh, giants to refer to something else. They really mean extra large. They mean people. yeah, really, really big, okay. like three hundred feet tall or something. And the 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 Noah movie with Russell Crowe in it, yeah, takes a lot from the Book of Enoch. Ah, uh, to okay. develop to develop what's going on in, in that movie. So you have the angels so you get doing giants? this. Yeah, yeah. There's giants. And there's also there's like these rock giants, which is very strange. But <laughs> so the angels like do, do this thing. Yeah, yeah, movie. right. Yeah. And they um and they get they get put away like in a in a prison. So you have the you have the <laughs> you have you have the angels who fell you have their their offspring, the Nephilim, and you have the women, the three different groups. Well, the, the angels who fell get kind of put away in this prison, and then you have the Nephilim who becomes almost like demons. Yeah. And then you have the women who become sirens. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's all kind of weird. Yeah, which is a borrowed Greek right, kind of a thing. I guess, yeah. So th- that, a lot of the things that you but hear the, people yeah, talking this about... Is, but this is kind of... That that balanced dualism, right? Well, you can't just say you can't have God and angels and then just the devil by himself. He's got to have his own <laughs> negative anti-angel, yeah. right? Of demons, so he'll do his work and bidding. Right. So anyway, that I, I just wanted to mention that because between Surfing the Garden of that. Eden and Job, you've got this other thing here where it's not it's not at all explicit in the Bible. Um, but although people, of course, read into that text all kinds of other yes, stuff. Yes, I mean, the, 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 the suggestion that this counter fellow, counter character to God in Job is Satan, I'm not particularly clear either. Well, I think, I think in that case he's called the adversary, which is in the book of Revelation, it explicitly ties Satan to the adversary. So, but in, in the book of Job, it's just, he's, it's really weird. You know, you've got God holding court. Yeah. And the, you know, and one guy comes up and says, you know, causes trouble. And the impression that you get from the book of Job is like, here's, here's God's counselors. And then, oh, there's that guy. You know, there's, there's the troublemaker. Here's the guy who comes along and, and is going to try to cause trouble. Right. And you're wondering, what's he even there? Why is he even there? Yes. Or somebody, sometimes it's told as, you know, Satan coming from out of hell to challenge God. Yeah. Uh, 
That's not how it reads That's at all. That's not the right? how it reads at all in Job. It's it's very odd. You, you have to wonder, because you don't usually think of Satan like being able to just go talk to God, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right? But yeah. but that's what's going on in Job. It's okay. very strange. So he accuses Job, and there's the whole story about Job. But then, other than other than the serpent and the Book of Job, right. the only other time where uh, you see Satan mentioned is when Satan inspires David to do a census of Israel. And once again, it's the what's word, so evil it's the, about that? Well, that's that's a tricky one. <laughs> uh, the, basically, I mean, the idea. Come on, if you're Satan, you, if you put him up to something a little more Satan-y? Well, I, I mean, David did do some dastardly <laughs> things, but anyway, I think the the reason that the the census was a bad thing was that it showed a lack of trust in God because they they were trying to rely on numbers rather than rely on divine protection. Which is the, okay? the, uh, the inherent evil of bureaucracies. I maybe yeah, <laughs> <laughs> some, something along those lines. But once again, the word is just the accuser. The accuser. Yeah, right. um, Comes along and, and inspires David. Yeah, the word to do Satan itself, right? In, yeah, in Hebrew or whatever is closer to. Yeah, yeah, the accuser, the adversary, that sort of thing, right? That's so scary. No, not, not quite as <laughs> not, scary. Not I mean, as scary as the pitchfork guy. Yeah. Speaking of the pitchfork guy, I love the Far Side cartoons that have the, the hell themes. Have you seen any of those? Yeah, well, I'm sure. Why well, you got to? Uh, I, I, so, so, some mind. of them, yeah, some of them are so good. But <laughs> my favorite one is there's um, everybody's in hell and people are being stabbed and they're being tortured and they're being whipped and there's this guy pushing along a, a, a wheelbarrow and he's just whistling and a couple of the devils are standing there saying, "We're just not getting to that guy." <laughs> hey, not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yes, that fine, fine show on the Book of Revelation done by TNC yeah. not that long ago mm-hmm. referred to this is right. This is not a one-off. This book by John, right? The apocalyptic literature. Oh, there's a lot of a other apocalyptic literature, sure. And so, yeah. when in, in uh, which which sounds which is what it's like it was like a. Passing phase, like science fiction or something like that. It was, it was, like, it was, it like was a genre. genre. It yeah. was a genre yeah. at the time. So at the time of Jesus. Yeah. So, so a lot of these uh, stories, similar to the Book of Revelation, were already going around. It was something that people were totally familiar with, right? Yeah. So here's here's the Book even of Enoch. Didn't, even though you know, didn't all come in. Isn't all part of the Bible? Right. So here, here's part of the Book of Enoch, which is somewhat apocalyptic. And all shall be smitten with fear, and the watchers shall quake. And great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the earth. And the high mountains shall be shaken, and the high hills will be made low, and shall melt like wax before the flame. And the earth shall be wholly rent in sunder, and all those upon the earth shall perish, and there shall be judgment upon all men. And that, you get, you get uh-huh. some of that kind of language okay. in the Psalms okay. from time to time. Right. But, but that, that kind of language. I mean, is, it's, 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 spicy pulp fiction fun to read kind of right yeah. I don't know it's like horror novels kind of a thing like the book of Enoch ooh, is actually kind of interesting how can you, you know, but I, I, I could imagine the genre of let's write some scary stuff with moral undertones right right yeah yeah that's it's almost it's almost like if you wanted to tell moral tales through comic books yeah. Right. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. Graphic novels. Yeah. Where, there you go. You know the the everything is dramatic and right. right. And the you know the, the the righteous are rewarded and the wicked. Guess what? 
they're gonna suffer so bad. And all all the men have big bulging muscles, and all the women are very curvy, and all the bad guys have horns and fire coming <laughs> right. out of their butts. And else, yeah. Right. So, um, so Jesus does actually interact with Satan. Yes. And when? When he goes out in the yeah. So he's taken into the desert to be tempted by the devil. Now, what's he doing there? Is he going there for his own? purification so jesus spends 40 days and 40 nights in in the wilderness which is so one way to look at the story of jesus in the gospels is that jesus is recapitulating the history of israel so just as the israelites were 40 years in the desert jesus spends 40 days in the desert okay and to be tempted by the devil so in some ways jesus is is recapitulating the history of israel but fixing it like rather he's right. rather than failing he's you know doing it right so he's 40 days in the desert being tempted by the devil but he prevails but he perfectly give well, uh, per- uh, with the understanding that he's going to be tempted yeah apparently right it's, i guess Bring he's it on. kind of yeah, <laughs> God goes out there and says do your best and so so he said so what does he say he says uh, turn this rock into food what are yeah, the temptations so, the, so the, well we don't know what they all are but the ones right. that the ones that we hear about are uh, yeah, he's not turn this, is he not drinking either? Well, probably he was drinking because if you think I mean, about it, forty days. Yeah, well, <laughs> if, you can. You can. Oh, I mean, you're Jesus, so you know. yeah, you cannot eat for forty days. Yeah. You can't not drink for forty days. Yeah. Um, but also, which would be the greater temptation, thirst or food? If you weren't drinking, the greater yeah. temptation would be thirst. So you have to assume that he was drinking but not eating because the temptation was to turn the stone into bread. Another temptation. All right, so so. Drinking some water was not part of the temptation. Right. Okay. Right. Turn turn a stone into bread, um, and then jump off the uh, the highest point of the temple. Uh, you know, because that show show uh, right. show how powerful you are. You know, and then bow down to me is the the third temptation. Okay. Right. Hi folks, if you like Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill, and if you'd like to get an email reminder when a new episode is released, just go to pigweedandcrowhill.com. If you're on a desktop at the top right, you'll see a place to sign up, and if you're on your mobile, just scroll down, it'll be closer to the bottom. We're not going to spam you, we won't send you anything except notifications of new episodes. Thanks so much. We don't, but we're not talking about any kind of wings and horns and hooves or anything. Well, we don't really know. We're not told. We're not told how the devil did this. Was the devil like appearing as a person walking around, or was it just whispering voices? Yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, You you don't really know. So uh, let's. uh, Yeah. Well, before we go, while we still have Christ, did Christ go to? Did Christ go to hell? So that's a big question. The, the. Old Testament saints, people who were faithful believers in the Old Testament, from a Christian perspective, could not go into heaven until after the resurrection. So, Abraham and David and Elijah yeah, and all right, those right. guys. All right. of these righteous people, what yeah. are they doing? What are they doing? So, apparently they were in Shuffling some sort of... Shuffling around your restaurant? Yes. <laughs> apparently they were, they were in some sort of holding place. I mean, this, okay. is, this is one, one interpretation, all right? All right? And then there's a passage in the New Testament that talks about Jesus going and preaching to the spirits now in prison. And there's this there are, there's a lot of iconography, especially in the Eastern Church, of Jesus going and 
Um, so, this, so between the between the crucifixion and the third day, right? Yeah, right. Go, going and basically preaching the gospel to Abraham and all these guys, and then them believing, and then that being elevated to heaven. Right. So there, so there is this so idea been of wait, been waiting for like fifteen hundred years. Or something yeah, hanging out in Abraham's bosom. Just That's rough. There's, there's, there's actually there's a there's a parable uh, in the New Testament that refers to Abraham's bosom. Which was kind of the the idea of where the just went when they died uh, in the New Testament. All right, All right. that could be a bluegrass band. Abraham's bosom. Yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Sounds good. Now, one thing that was very interesting to me when when we listened to the uh, In Our Time podcast about hell was that hell is not just in Christianity. Okay. All right. That, that's good. All right. So we're at Christ. Yeah. Yes, let's look at uh, let's look at some others, and then we'll we'll come back and we'll get into the new millennium. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I was very surprised. I didn't realize this that Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Jainism—they all have hells, and not yeah. just one. They have multiple hells. Right. <laughs> Did he say that there there is there is some competing right. competition between Taoism and and. Uh, and Buddhism? Yeah, they're like going back and forth. Like, well, we have three hells. Well, we have seven hells. We have 47 hells. We have an infinite hells. <laughs> and I didn't, I, I never uh-uh. thought, I always thought of Buddhism as kind of like the hell is being reincarnated over and over yes. again. Yes. But apparently not. And, I, and, right, hopefully, you know, you're like, oh, I'm back again. All right, I guess I better live a better life and then eventually you don't have to come back again. Or the punishment would be, but now, now, now you're a cockroach. I, tell you, I really, I really screwed <laughs> appara- that one up. And but. apparently, there's a lot of different opinions among Hindus and Buddhists and whatnot about what this signifies. Maybe it is just a temporary thing. But apparently, some sects of, or some teachers in Hinduism and Buddhism believe in an actual hell. Okay. Which very which surprised me. But is it, is it a, a tormenting type hell, or or just a kind of a just dreary, a boring dusty. kind of. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not exactly. Right, I, didn't, but if, I did check on but it. If you, but if you've got 47 or 8,000, you know, yeah. they can't all be boring. I mean, they've got to have some range here. Yeah, my, my, my general assumption, whenever I hear somebody talking about some religious topic, my general assumption is you're probably wrong. <laughs> so so I went and read up some other things on it to see if what they were saying was true. And right. it turns out, yeah, they're right. Okay. There, there are these ideas well, of these yes, other. The, the, well, the guy. One of the guys on In Our Time was at a Buddhist, famous Buddhist temple in uh, Cambodia. Uh-huh. And yeah, he's like, there's all of these uh, sculptures or, yeah. or sculptured wall depicting. Well, that gets into, you want to talk about the art thing? Well, I mean, are, are you done with the other cultures? Yeah, or? yeah, I'm done with the well, other Well, no, 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 I'm not done. To, to set up the art thing, yeah. when we get to Dante, the Apocalypse of Peter. Right. Like I said, it's a it's apocalyptic literature. It was one of those that, you know, he claimed to be claimed to be written by yeah. the Apostle Peter. Yeah. Right? So let's let's take a, just a small diversion <laughs> here. So I, I know. <laughs> take a small diversion here. A lot of a lot of modern day Christians, I mean, they don't really believe this, but it's almost like they believe the Bible fell from a satellite, you know, out yeah, of space right. and landed in, and we have the Bible with 66 yeah. books and, yeah, yeah. and all that. I mean, well, how tough were things before there, they had... Yeah, I mean, there, right? were, there were lots and lots like, of what, books. 100, 200, 300? Yeah. There were lots and lots of books that were floating around, a lot of religious texts. Yeah, right. Nobody's, yeah, 
nobody's passing emails along, right? right. So who's how, how similar or how different could a church a thousand miles away be in the year one hundred? Well, the, inter- different. the the interesting thing is there there like when it comes to the churches, there was some there were some books that were questionable. Like there was the book called The Shepherd of Hermas that some people thought was should be belong in, in the Bible. There were some other books that people thought shouldn't, like the right. book of Revelation. But generally speaking, the consensus on the New Testament was pretty strong. But, was yeah, that, but, but, the, but were, were, were Paul's letters, him traveling around trying to corral uh, Christians into... Into what? Sure. Into yeah. believing the same thing. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, let's, guys. Yeah, and that's, and that's what a lot of the apostles and of bishops and so forth would do, is try, try to... Let's wait a minute. Let's rein in this yes, craziness. Let's I would get people orthodox. You've got all of these apocalyptic. But books. What, so what you had, what you had was just as nowadays. Okay, imagine, imagine we're in uh, Massachusetts in 1700. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, people had the Bible, but they also had. Well, when was Pilgrim's Progress written? I don't even remember. All right. No, okay, no. let's pretend that it was written around that time. So people would be familiar with that book, but they would know it's not scripture. Mm-hmm. Now. So there, in a similar sort of way, there were lots of religious texts floating around that people were familiar with, and maybe they thought, well, that's a that's a good, you know, that's mostly right. It doesn't belong in the Bible, but it's mostly right. It's still yeah, okay. helpful. All right, know? that's helpful. Yeah. Right. So in in the the apocalypse of Peter was the law of retaliation. I mean, mm. That's how it goes. Where. The, your punishment in hell fits the crime. So, you know, you're you're in hell for greed, and so now you're having, uh, I don't know, gold coins jammed down your throat. Or, you know, or whatever, whatever you're the sin that caused you to go yeah. to hell, you have a particular torment. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's not in the Bible, but it shows up big time, you know, a thousand years later in right, Dante. Yeah. But, right. uh, Again, so, so they must have been, they must have been from, right? So they're familiar with these books, like you're saying, yeah. even though they recognize that they're not part of the, right. the, the canon. Yeah. And there, there's also, one of the things I wanted to touch on just briefly is a lot of these things like this retribution, um, or retaliation, whatever it is, you know, you have to, where do we get the concept of hell from? And I just want to take a slight detour here into the whole question of, uh, morality, kind of a, the moral argument for hell. And the moral argument for hell is everybody knows that there are good people who have miserable lives, mm-hmm. suffer their whole lives, mm-hmm. and die. And that there are horrible people who live, who li- living they're it. living it up and everything's going great and they live long lives and, long and they lives. die in their sleep, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. And, they're so like, well, what was the justice? Exactly. So, so there's this natural yeah. human thing. Well, what's going on here? What is yeah. this goodness and what is this badness? Okay. And what, why is, what's the benefit of being good? Why should I be good if these evil people are getting everything that they want and, you know, everything's yeah. fine? No, this has uh, great appeal. Go ahead. Yes. So that raises, it's a, it's a challenging, difficult question. What does it mean to say, that something is moral or immoral or good or bad, if there isn't some sort of accountability, some sort of reckoning. Now, it doesn't have to be hell. There are yeah. other there are other ways to, to finagle that. But in order, it seems to me that in, you're, if you're right. going to believe in be morality... Like, well, he's going to get his... Yeah. He never does. Right. You're like, what the heck? Yes. Now, now, Jordan Peterson likes to say that nobody ever gets away with anything. 
in in right. his experience, so he okay. says, you know, it eventually comes back around. Right. Be sure your sins will find you out. That's kind of like Jordan uh -huh. Peterson's thing. I'm not sure I believe that in terms of my experience, but the 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 concept of if there is such a thing as morality and right and wrong, that there really has to be some kind of a moral reckoning somehow, somewhere, yes. somewhere, then that really feeds into this concept of hell, right? Yeah. Without, if you don't have hell or karma or something, mm -hmm. then how can you seriously say that you believe in right and wrong and moral and immoral? Right. Uh, right. Uh, that's why the... The karma thing would be great if it actually worked. You're like, <laughs> and I mean, in many ways it does, yeah. right? You know, you're, you, you benefit, you get all kinds of benefits by being a liar. Yeah. Well, you know what? Probably we'll catch up with you. Yeah. But. As, as, uh, know. as, as a, a dear a relation of mine says, unto others, unto back. Rickety, rickety, rickety rack. <laughs> 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 and that's the golden rule. <laughs> What, what what's the word, what's the what's the physical location that I'm trying to think of outside of uh, Jerusalem? Oh, Gehenna. Okay, yeah, yeah. Gehenna. So it's a, yeah, it's so, a garbage so there, dump. Is yeah. there? There's so there. This is a this is a physical location that would sort of tie in. Like if you're if you're familiar with the worst place you could think of, yeah, and you know you'd want other that other people could be familiar with. You know what? You're going to end up in a place like. <laughs> Right, where there's nothing to eat. And so the idea was it was this municipal garbage dump, and they would take all the junk from the city and they'd dump it out there. And when you have all this organic stuff yeah, rotting like and decomposing, like it, it makes methane, which catches fire, and you have this kind of perpetual burning heap of garbage. Yeah, but so this became a sort of a... A forbidden zone, anyway, which is why they turned it into a garbage dump. Because wasn't it? Wasn't that where Moloch? They were doing the oh, Moloch yeah, yeah. sacrifices. Yeah. Give me a little bit of Moloch, because then you got fire and you've got yeah. You know, I mean, this evil, place right, right here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What's yeah? Nothing more evil. Right. So you've got uh, the, this evil pagan sacrifices, and they say, and <laughs> kind so of. Listen, so it, when the Israelites came in, this is part of their justification for taking the land of the people that were already living there. Because like, look at a bunch of crappy people these were right we're gonna we're gonna take your sacred site and we're gonna dump all our trash there yes. i think that's and i think we i think yes that's why we deserve this land <laughs> given to us by god even though you're already here but look at what pieces of crap they are what did they do with their firstborn children yeah they would they had this big statue this big bronze statue with arms extended and they would heat up the arms and they would take babies and put them on the Jesus. arms of mo i mean these are just disgusting horrible people yes Disgusting, horrible people. So, yes. Yeah, so, if you're so in the imagination of everybody that's here, this is the worst place from the worst people that you can think of. Now we dump garbage there. Now there's always fire going on yeah. there. So it's, it's got, disgusting. So, yeah. So, so it's got so this evil. Yeah. Of, it's got this this moral evil yes. associated with it with fire, and then it's also a dump, which is there's just garbage everywhere, right. and it's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> So, Smells, sulfur, yeah. right. fire, right. So you know you're getting pretty some good imagery. Image. Pretty yeah. good image, yeah. Um, now, the, the 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 Satan shape, you okay. Know, the the horns, the and horns the and the tail, and, the tail, and, and being and, red and all over, that, and all right. that stuff. Well, what about the great dragon in Revelation? Yeah. Right? Well, once again, you have the problem of whether to interpret the 
images in Revelation as real or representative, right? right? I mean, but didn't and that, or that's what I'm saying is this sort of lends to the imagination of the Satan that we will we will eventually. Yeah, get. well, there, there is the concept of a dragon. To, I mean, he's also portrayed as a dragon, right? Yeah. Ten heads and seven. Well, I'm not sure if it's seven. well, that's the beast. That's, that, yeah. Yeah, right. But the beast is Satan, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> but but the, the devil is also portrayed as a dragon whose tail swipes a third of the stars so out of heaven. Right, right. So we've got, but, but we're getting wings, we're getting horns, yeah. we're getting yeah. fire. A fire, but still, we're still not locked down to our current. No, our current conception of the devil is actually very interesting. He's still coming. He's still coming along. It's almost comical. The, you know, the the current conception of the devil's red with horns and a tail holding a pitchfork. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, right, because there's that, like, there, there are that little, like, cutesy baby, like, yeah. doo -doo -doo, <laughs> I'm naughty. Cutesy baby devils, yeah. <laughs> right. Thanks for joining us for Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal. From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at pigweedshow at gmail.com. So how about Divine at 1300s? Uh -huh. So we're uh, we're early Middle Ages, and uh, you have Dante's Divine Comedy, <laughs> right? Right. So he's drawing on all of this. I kind of so he's got. I like I like the the descending levels. Yeah. Because, the, so let's just say there's a scale of a one to a hundred. Okay. And the guy at 51 gets to go to heaven, and the guy... It's got to be a cutoff somewhere. And the guy at 49's got to go to hell. Well, they're not that different, These for the 49 guy and the 51 guy. One shouldn't be eternal torment, and the other... Yeah, that's not really how it works in Christian theology, but anyway... The, no, no, but, so, so, but this is how the nine levels works. Okay, Is yes. that the first level of... There are you levels know, of wickedness. Yeah, yeah, you're like, eh, you know, it's you. You're, you're right. Eh, you don't get to go to heaven, but it's kind of boring because you really weren't all that bad. Yeah. And th but as you go down, the punishments get worse and worse. Now, and worse, now my which recollection, I like yeah, my recollection of D Dante's Divine Comedy is the first level is sort of like people who are are um, they were actually good people, but they just were never Christians. So they get this. Yeah, this vir sort of, uh, virtuous pagans. There you go. Who were uh, yes, and so they're. He, he, and he just, runs in Socrates and, you know. Yeah, he, yeah, those uh, guys. They, they just kind of have a, it's okay, but it's so not. Vir so Virgil is the famous Roman poet. Okay. Is Dante's guide. Mm. He mm -hmm. gets to, he gets to go down and see what's going on. So he's telling the story of his travels through as Virgil, who is one of this first level of limbo. Right. Uh, virtuous pagans. But yeah. So then, you know, we're, we'll, we'll just go through here real quick. You've got uh, from high to low, lust, gluttony, greed, anger, heresy, violence. Fraud is below violence. Yeah. And, you know, treachery. Yeah. So, it's the, so in treachery, you get down there, and who do you get? You get Judas mm -hmm. uh, and the two guys who killed 
Julius Caesar. Yeah, Brutus. And Brutus. Yeah. And, uh... Claudius. Is that right? Brutus and who? Brutus, who's the other guy? Uh, Brutus and Cassius? Cassius, yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Which is which says something about the, the 13, the mentality, because some people will look back as on, uh, on Caesar as being a guy that deserved to be stabbed. Yeah, it's I funny th- that, that one that of the things they mentioned. Guys- yeah, one of the things they mentioned in the in our time episode that I thought was very interesting was that putting fraud and treachery down, putting treachery at the bottom right. is a very feudal thing. Like if you have a feudal based society uh, and everything yeah. everything yeah. is based on like being proper hierarchy, yeah, right? hierarchy and being faithful to your position and faithful to the person above you, that treachery would be like the worst sin. Where nowadays. Nowadays, we'd probably a lot of people nowadays would probably put greed down at the bottom. Yeah, you know, and gluttony. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, fine. It's lust, almost yeah. a virtue. For yeah, I know. Gluttony and lust—they're all fine. <laughs> yeah, anger, right. good grief, anger. Overeating and porn. I mean, they're barely even <laughs> violations. And, 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 and anger is like a ma- is mandatory. And her- <laughs> heresy. What does that mean? There's no there's no orthodoxy to be against, right? So, <laughs> right. I mean. Violence, fraud, and treachery, those three kind of still stick. Yes, but, uh, and so and each of these have their own... Examples. For, well, their, you know, their own examples and their own forms of uh, torture. Which, know, right? which so fit the in with that, the rules of retribution you were talking now about Now, below before. this, when you, when, when, below that, it actually stops getting hot and gets freezing cold. Yeah, isn't that weird? That at the, at the base of hell, Satan is frozen? With his three faces... Interesting, but this is really kind of becomes part of the common understanding of how hell works, even though there's no real, you know, I don't know if it's being preached, it's not being preached in the churches. No. Right? But it's being absorbed by the culture. Yes. And then it becomes so part of, part of the culture that later on, the, the fire, the brimstone, the burning, hell, seems to take an outsized place in the church. Yeah, well, the, one of the things that was interesting in the podcast is they were talking about how hell seems to be closely associated with proselytism. That the a religion that's trying to win converts is basically wants to say, you're in... Deep doo doo, unless you do what I say. I mean, how? What's the? What is there? Possibly a better way to put butts in the pews, mm. right? I mean, you're not saying. You're not just saying, buy what I'm selling, or you're going to die. Like you're going to die anyway. Mm. Buy what I'm selling, or you will suffer eternal torment. Yeah, you'll well, go to that's hell. Well, that's a pretty. That's a pretty serious <laughs> that's message. A pretty solid. Yeah. Selling point. Yes. Uh, so let me get. Hold on, let me get to my some more art here before we get further on in the early 1500s what's the guy's name Hieronymus Bosch what is his first name uh, I don't like remember yeah. Dutch painter his guy was very prolific painted these huge sweeping landscapes of just absolute bizarre yes. torment yeah very strange and and the thing is one of the one of the things that came up once again in the in our time podcast is it's very hard to be imaginative about heaven, it's very easy to be imaginative about hell. That's a that's an excellent point, right? Because how, uh, I mean, what are the there's there are there are limits on 
the most beautiful place you can imagine. Okay, yeah. all right, we're at a beach and the trees are nice and there's birds. But in a okay, way, it's almost boring. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, some beautiful women there. Da, da, uh, all right, that's good. But how many ways can you come up with being tortured? <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so easy to come yes. up with So just at a aesthetic ways. level, yeah. it, it's easy. Heck, there wasn't that much to look at. It's not like everybody had museums and paintings and yeah. TVs to look at. So mm -hmm. these things, and they're, they're often, in, there's a word for these tri-panel, three-panel paintings. I okay. can't think of what, what, what it is right now. But so the, the, it's a box. Triptych comes to mind for yes. some reason. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like a, a dartboard. Mm -hmm. with a wall. So the outside is painted, and then you open the inside, and you've got two small panels on the outside and the large one in the middle mm -hmm. and so in his the temptation uh, the uh the last judgment and the garden of earthly delights both are kind of similar in that you've got uh, the unspoiled world of mm -hmm. adam and eve but this one kind of tells a story here's Here's the temptation here. Here's them being chased out of Eden. Mm -hmm. Up in the sky, you've got angels bad, good, good angels good and bad angels. angels. The right. big center section is man just screwing off. What's Jesus doing here? Is he taking... Is he, I thought he was... Because in, in this one here, he's presenting Eve to Adam. That's the Garden of Earthly Delights. In this one, he seems to be... Is he taking her away? I, it's is he very, blessing her? Or I what don't know. Are doing? Why is Adam so bored? He's like... You finally got a check. You've been alone. Anyway, this is one of those things you have to stand and look at for a half an hour. Well, I mean, I think it. that's part of the entertainment of it. Yeah. One, you get something just fan that you could just stare at all day long now. Yeah. But back then, just think about it. And, of course, it's just filled with torment and suffering. It's just filled with weird things. It's people, people with arrows stuck in them, people on spits, people with great big knives. Lots of combinations of animal features right. and, and human features. Yes. Then, you've got, look, there, there are heads just with feet attached to them. It, it's, it's, so, it's so 20th century surrealism, yes. 400 years ahead of its time. And both of us had the same reaction to this. Well, was, it looks what? like Monty Python. Exactly like Monty. The opening credits to every Monty Python is this kind of sick... Twisted combinations they, they of animals. They absolutely had to. I'd like. To, I'd like to ask oh, to find out for sure. But I they think, absolutely had to base their I, art. I'm on going this. to do a, a Hieronymus Bosch, Bosch Monty Python, Python Google search, search yeah. and I guarantee it's going. It's got to be. It's got to be because some of it. Some of it is so like this thing. This, <laughs> this weird egg thing with a face over there and legs and people coming out of there. It's just it, right, like, it is so uh, clearly uh, Monty uh, Python. Ears with a knife. Yeah. Uh, a heart just floating around by itself. Oh, here you go. Egg with legs. Yeah. Yeah. It is totally Monty Python. But you, once again, you've got, um, this, this art that doesn't seem like it should be 600 years old or however not, old. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. But you can see, so he's definitely tapping into the old, uh, uh, man before he screwed up. Right. Him screwing up. Right. And then hell. And here's the consequences. Right. So lots of, and this, that becomes, you know, a major, a major uh, medieval theme. And, but think about this. No, I think this came, this probably came up in the, in, in our time. This is post black death. Yeah. This, right. So ravaged for hundreds of years, right? 
come and go. You had waves of, of plague. Yeah. So you, people are, are used to living with just horrific waves of people plague. People lived so much closer to death than, than, than we do now. Can you, imagine, can you imagine if they could peer into our pandemic? They're like, you call that a pandemic? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Babies? It's like our lives at their very best were nearly as good as yours during your pandemic. Yes. You don't even you don't even deserve to use that word. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Because they what is it? A third of the population yeah. Imagine of Europe every, died. Every town is like a third to half. And some towns everybody. everybody dies. <laughs> right. This is on top of the fact that most people lose half their kids before they return. Yeah. And most of their teeth before they're 40, <laughs> you know? So the yes, life was Nasty, brutal, and short. Yes. And they were very, very close to death, very close to suffering. And, but that wasn't good enough. They still had to have artists giving them, right. you know, all this but other. But this was also, this was, so this was a time when the church was saying, you know, why, what? Can anybody tell me why we're getting this, the pestilence? Because you guys are awful. Yes. Right? This is the God's wrath. We're yeah. used to seeing death. We're used to seeing suffering. Yeah. This ain't nothing. Yeah. This is nothing. Yeah. Unless you repent, it's going to get a lot worse. Go look at these awful paintings. <laughs> and <laughs> right? get an idea how bad it's going to be. <laughs> yes. You really want that knife stuck in you like that? <laughs> you better repent. But it's, it's almost like you, like you said about the, it's like, um, what do they call it? Like COVID porn. It's like, it's like, it's like torment porn. Yes. Right? Yeah. So some wall, people sort of wallowing in. Some people the worst. want to be afraid. Yeah. Yes. It's a weird, a weird human... psychological thing. Yes. Now, I, I saw uh, an interesting show about Carlton Pearson. Okay. Name isn't ringing a bell. Who's that? Eighties, nine. Oh, I guess nineties evangelical preacher. Okay. Pretty big stuff. You know, one of those guys, five thousand uh, congregation. Yeah. Band going. He was both a student and friend of Oral Roberts. Hmm. He was an advisor to Bill Clinton. He was in Oklahoma, uh, a, a black preacher with a very diverse uh, uh, congregation. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> you know, big, big time. Okay, he could not reconcile uh, God's infinite mercy with hell. Right. So he starts to preach that there is no hell. Okay. Now, wouldn't you think that would be a relief to the congregation? How do you think this went over? Oh, terribly. It went over terribly. The guy ended up losing everything, denounced as a heretic. Uh, His congregation fell to 300 people. He lost his church. He lost his home. For what? For saying God's infinite mercy is not... Yeah. so, so, So sort of back to the medieval... We want this. We well, want the idea of hell more than the idea of not hell. What the heck is wrong with us? So, well, with that, that's, there's, there's a couple. There's a couple ways to parse that. Okay. One way to parse that is to say, wouldn't wouldn't it be better if there was no hell? And every human being should say yes, of course, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Wouldn't but, you? Yes. However, the other way to parse uh-huh. that is no. Back wait to a minute. Original question. Go ahead. Wait a minute. We 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 know that the Bible clearly teaches there's a hell. There's no question about that. Uh, I mean, Jesus is explicitly clear that there's a hell. And we also know this whole question of if if there is such a thing as morality, there has to be some sort of a reckoning. 
And now you're yeah. just telling us, no, everything's lovely and daisies. Right, and right, right. so, it's all right. As uncomfortable as it is, the idea of divine justice, which you were talking about earlier, yeah. is stronger yes. than and, our desire for, you know, infinite mercy. Yes. And it's not even just a question of desire. It's a question of, of if, if you're going to join this guy's church, it's because you have some, uh, base level respect for Christianity and Christian tradition. And here's this guy coming along and saying, no, that's not true. Right. Well, well, who, who are you to say that? Uh-huh. You know, 2000 years of church history says there is a hell. Right. And the Bible clearly says there's a hell. Why should we believe you, Carlton? Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, except for his argument is so solid. Well, uh, it is a very, it is a very, very difficult thing yeah. to try to reconcile. Mm-hmm. To try to say, it's difficult to say, how can a all loving God make a world where most people are going to hell, yeah. right? Which is the basically basic, basically the Christian message is that yeah, most people are going to hell, and even people have never the, heard the message. This is it's a very very difficult right. thing to reconcile. On the other hand, trying to say everything will be lovely in the end is doesn't doesn't really satisfy our moral uh, right. yearning I, for some sort of exactly. rec. Uh, uh, comeuppance, you know, for people who, yeah, like, uh, oh, Hitler, uh, Hitler is going to be in heaven with me. Thank right. you very much. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Right. So, I mean, I, the, right. So, like, the way I phrase it, like, it seems like it would be a welcoming message. Yeah. But, yeah, until so you start to dig into it a little bit, you're like, well, well maybe, maybe not. Yes, <laughs> yes, right. Yes. So, what? Even Hitler, even that son of a bitch down the street that right. I, I knew. What? He's there too? I, mean, I don't, <laughs> don't want to go. I don't want to go anymore. <laughs> I'm not playing in this party. <laughs> Forget it. I'll just take my marbles and go. Sheesh. Yes. So, but, boy, we still, even as secular as we're getting, in Hollywood, which is totally, Hollywood still loves its Satan. I, I got one last thing I got to bring yeah, up yeah. about hell. I'm driving in the car, and I'm listening to some music, and I'm I'm just tired of it. And I, I I say to the phone, "Okay, Google, tell Spotify to play a Jordan Peterson podcast." Okay. All right, and it pulls up this strange <coughs> mix of heavy metal music. Okay. And and clips of Jordan Peterson at his, you know. Well, you think, who do you think you are? You know, <laughs> all this, you know, why don't you try to do something useful, you useless? <laughs> right? Go and, clean your room! <laughs> yes, and it's, it's this, it's this real, it's like, okay, imagine how bad the world would be if some idiot like you was in charge of it. <laughs> it's all this very, with, very with, dark. With, with some heavy metal music? It's, it was so funny. That is great. It was, it was, Amazing. This heavy metal music with Jordan Peterson talking, like he had to strain to understand what he was saying because this heavy metal music is playing in the background. But it was all, it was all this, uh, you know, the rotten people like you who don't know what the heck they're doing are going to make the world even worse. It's already, life is suffering, man. Get over it. And if you were in charge, it would even be worse. <laughs> yes. Oh Some my gosh. I, I want to find. I need to find it and send it to you because it is so funny. Uh, all right. Well, whoever that guy is, how can we can make him our man of the there week? There you go. We'll, 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 <laughs> the guy we'll, who made that. We'll give him his full his, his full due later. Okay. 
So that's well, how. That wasn't easy. No. Man, not clear no. or clear. No. It's right. it's a messy business, but uh, you know, it's part of who we are as humans <laughs> to, to think this kind of thing. God made us that way, I guess. <laughs> I guess. If you like beer and conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you.